Hello and welcome to the Photographic Connections podcast, the podcast where we create connection to self, nature and others through the art of photography. My name is Kim Grant, the founder of Photographic Connections and your host for this podcast. And today I'm absolutely delighted to welcome the acclaimed seascape photographer, Rachel Talabart, onto the podcast. We speak about where her connection to the coast first stemmed from, the importance of being truly authentic in your photography work and why the experience of being in nature is so much more important to her than the final images. So without further ado, please join me in welcoming Rachel Talabart. Hi Rachel, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast this week. I am super excited to speak with you because I've followed your work now for a few years now and I first discovered you through a video that Sean Tucker created on his YouTube channel, which must be a good two or three years two or three years ago now. Um, and ever since then, I've had this really deep, I guess, following with your work because I've always had a very deep connection to the coast like yourself and a lot of what your kind of philosophy around photography has always really resonated with me. So before we delve deeper into that, I'd love you to go back to the beginning of your your journey and explain kind of what got you into photography in the first place. Oh, well, thank you, Kim. Thanks very much for inviting me on your podcast. That's very, very nice. And it's lovely to meet you. Um, yes, so I've been into photography since my late teens, but very much as a sort of happy snapper, you know, went on holiday, did some snaps kind of thing. Um, and then uh, when I qualified in my first career, I was allowed to take some unpaid leave and um, took my backpack around the world very fast for nine weeks on my own and took my first, it was a little 35 millimeter compact camera. Um, obviously this is a long time ago because I'm not as young as you so it was film um, and just went off around the world photographing what I saw and I saw a lot of really beautiful things and um, because I was traveling alone I didn't have a companion to say oh look at that that's amazing um, but as I do like to share I it was almost as if photographing the thing making that snap was a way of of expressing that I had seen it and knowing that I would eventually share that photograph to my long-suffering family and friends <laughs> who eventually learned to run if I showed up with a big bag <laughs> um, because it was full of film. Um, and so when I came back and I was completely hooked and uh, upgraded to an SLR and um, it became a, a passion for me. Um, but it didn't become a career until many decades later. Brilliant, because I, I believe you started your, your professional life as a solicitor, so it must have been quite an, a, not a difficult transition maybe, but a, a big leap, I guess, to take to kind of, you know, train in that and then to, to convert that into a world of photography. And this is, I think, a dilemma that a lot of people have. They, they get into certain careers and they want to pursue something more artistic and, and things like photography, and they find that very difficult. So how was it for you kind of moving from, from being a solicitor into having your own um, self-employed photography? business um well it was fine because I didn't do it in one big go I had a big gap in between um of about 15 years where I was raising a family and I was uh at university again doing more degrees um and so it was something that happened for me very very slowly in that I started to um, as the children got older needed me less I started to do more and more photography again 
and then occasionally picked up a little bit of money here or there with it. And so it, it, it was very gradual. Um, and it was, wasn't until 2015, 2016 that I sort of decided to go full time. Brilliant. I think it's quite interesting because we both began our photography journeys when, when we were teenagers. And while our, our journeys have been very unique in, in their own way, um, you know, I, I started my professional life as, as a nurse and and photography kind of ran throughout that. And then from there, I, I just it, I just kind of fell into it almost a bit like yourself. I I didn't ever intend to, to do this professionally. It just it just kind of happened. So I always love to hear everybody's different journeys in, into photography and, and how they became to do it in more a professional way. And your deepest connection with your work is the coastline. So where did your connection to the coast first begin? Um, well, it was it's all my dad's fault. <laughs> um, I grew up uh, in, well, I grew up in West Sussex. In fact, we could see the sea from from the spare bedroom if we sort of stood on a chair and craned our necks. Um, and dad was a really keen yachtsman. So for the first, I think, maybe 12 years of my life, every weekend and all of the school holidays were spent at sea, which sounds quite idyllic, doesn't it? And it was certainly a very different childhood from that of my friends. But, you know, it, it had its downsides as well that I've talked about elsewhere. Um, but I think what I I did learn from that was um, a great interest in the sea. Um, and still now, you know, the sea is so important to me. Um, every time I, I actually live in, in the greater London area, but I, every time I go down to the coast, the first time I see the sea, I just feel excited. It's, it's a sort of visceral reaction. I don't even think about it. I just suddenly I can see the sea. Wow. You know, pulse quickens. Oh, it's so lovely to have that connection. And, and I'm finding a lot of people's connection to specifically the subjects they're most interested in stem way back from childhood. And you can really see that in, in your story there. So yeah, it's it's lovely to, to hear that. And I, I'm realising now the importance, I think, of when we're younger, having that connection to nature. So how do you feel, I guess, when you're out doing photography? Because you clearly have a very deep connection and you're able to really immerse yourself in the landscape. So how, how does that make you feel? Um, it's huge. It's huge. Um, I don't get to do it as often as I'd like these days because I'm too busy running a business. And just because it's a photography business doesn't mean it, it isn't massively time consuming and pulls me away from the coast. But when I do actually get to just go down to the coast with my camera on my own and spend a good chunk of time just making photos. Even if I get no decent photos, which is quite common because I'm, I'm really getting more and more fussy now. So, you know, if, if the photo, if I, I'm not really proud of it, it's it just it never gets seen. So if it, more often than not, I, I will not bring back a photo that anyone will ever see. But it doesn't seem to matter. Um, it's the experience that's everything for me. Um, and, you know, if I get a great photo, that's a bonus. But I never regret one of those days, even if I, you know, I'm down there and there's nothing happening. The conditions aren't inspiring me or I'm just not in the zone. I just keep making photos. I make rubbish photos and it doesn't matter. I just enjoy the experience. And, um, yeah, being in the presence of the thing that I'm passionate about is never going to be a bad thing. Mm. 
I guess, have you always had uh, this connection with the experience? Because I think a lot of photographers are very almost results orientated. And I love that you speak there about the experience being everything. So has that always been your, your philosophy when you've been out with your camera? Or has it been a gradual thing for you to kind of learn and, and step back from over the years? That's an interesting question. You are asking different questions. It's great. Uh, well done. Um, I actually think that I've only recently come to realise that it was probably always there. Um, I The reason I realised it was I remembered an incident that happened way back in uh, 2015, I think. It doesn't matter. I went on a workshop as a client one of the last times I went, in fact, the last time I went on a workshop as a client with um, Jonathan Critchley, who I now lead workshops for. And um, at one point he said, just it was a cast off phrase that's just stuck in my mind. We'd, we'd rocked up at a beautiful place and it was pouring with rain and most people were st elected to uh, retreat to the, the four by four. And, and the cover and I didn't I stood out there and I just kept going and none of those photos are any good by the way there's raindrops on the lens it's all complete rubbish they're underexposed they're embarrassing um, but uh, when I came back to the car Jonathan just laughed and said you just like making photos don't you just like being there making photos and and that's come back to me now I've suddenly remembered that as you asked the question so I would say Yes, it's it's being it's having the luxury. It's a massive luxury to be in a place that's wonderful making photos. It's just the most magical experience and it's always absorbed me. It's always been enough because you just completely forget about everything else in the world. And there's lots to forget about, isn't there these days? So it's just wonderful in that in that time. It's this little bubble out of everything else in the world and it is it's like it's my legal high I think oh I love that I, there's so much in that that I can really relate to you know when I began photography it was all about feeling for me and about that experience I was going through a very tough time at, at the time I was very depressed and anxious and almost I didn't want to be alive to be honest and it was going down to the beach and just watching the sunsets and then picking up my camera like you said there about being in that bubble it was like everything that was going on on in my life for that hour or so that I was out it was just I could switch off from it all and connect with something so much bigger than me and I find a lot of people have this kind of feeling it's like when they're out there it's very mindful you're completely immersed in what's going on around you but there are a lot of people who also get sucked into like I say that results and really pressurizing themselves I think and having that expectation to to create something and it almost takes away the enjoyment so I guess if, as you've moved into doing things more professionally have you ever felt I guess that almost pressure or have you been very I guess true and authentic to yourself and been like do you know what I'm not feeling it today this just isn't working but still accepting it and being happy with it how is how have you felt with that? It's been okay um, but I think that's because of the particular area in the industry I've chosen to, uh, to work, which is the gallery market side of things, um, because it means that I don't, I'm not, I hardly ever do a commission. So I'm not putting that pressure on myself to produce an image um, by a deadline of a particular sort, anything. I make the photos I want to make when I make them, when I want to make them, uh, if I'm lucky. And uh, I just hope that somebody else will like them enough to, to maybe buy a print. Um, 
or a gallery will exhibit them or whatever. And that really makes it easy for me to take the pressure off. Um, you know, if I'm not feeling it, okay, doesn't matter. Just, just make some pictures, stand there. I usually find actually that when I first get to a beach, I quite often, the first few photos I, I make, or even the first far too many hundreds of photos I make, I'm thinking, Rachel, you've done this before. This is rubbish. You know, oh God, horizon on the top, not third, because I hate those, but horizon above center, swishy water in the foreground, mountain in the background. Oh, good grief, Rachel. How many of those have you done? Stop it. Um, but I have to kind of do those and then I'm getting the zone. And then I start to look for something different. And I'm quite happy to waste a whole shoot on a crazy experiment. You know, like I might see a little pattern in the sea and think, wow, I love the way the light's doing that with the foam against that bit of pattern. I wonder if I can get a photo out of that and spend ages and ages taking loads and loads of photos. And then when I come home and look at them much later and look at them, I think, actually, they're all pants. <laughs> It doesn't matter. I'm kind of cool with that. So I think not everyone works that way. I don't want to kind of come across as didactic and suggest that this is better than any other way of working. I know some photographers who are far more efficient, far more analytical, and that's how their brains work and they make good work. So that's fine. But for me, that wouldn't be rewarding. I can remember going to Harris, for example, with a photographer once and um, Neither of us had been there before and we were there for a week and we rocked up at Rosamal uh, Beach, first time either of us had been there and it was raining and I was like, <laughs> and I'm running down the beach and I've got my camera and my tripod out and it's pouring with rain and I'm so excited and this other photographer, totally efficient, just waited for the rain to stop, said, texted me, said, I've identified two photographs here so she went on and she made the two photographs and then she started texting me saying I'm back at the car and things like that and I was by now right round the corner round the corner of Rosamel heading towards Luskentire and miles from the car and she's bored to death waiting by the car for me wanting to go back to the hotel for happy hour because she's got her two pictures and I'm not sure I got any better pictures or any more pictures than her but I had such a great time wandering about in this amazing space in all the horrible weather that Harris can throw at you. And um, I don't want to lose that ever. I, if someone said to me, you'll never make a good photo again, Rachel, I'd still go out and just be in those places. That's so lovely to hear. And there's a lot there that I think people will find very inspiring. You know, as you, you rightly said there, you know, everybody's process is so different. Some people are quite technical and methodical and do a lot of planning and preparation. Other people go out there and just immerse themselves in it, take loads of images, delete nearly all of them, but they might come away with one or two that they like, but they had a great experience. And I love that you share there that you often take hundreds of images that you then oh, end up having to, to delete. <laughs> but I find that really inspiring. I think especially with the coast, because you often do when you're photographing waves don't you you have to take a lot of images of them coming in and crashing at different moments in time to get that you know image that that really speaks to you or, or says something different and of course a lot of your most famous imagery is of you know waves as they're just just before they break and there's almost like faces and everything in them 
So I guess when it when it comes to your your you know shoots when you go out, you of course um, although you you know say that you take loads and loads of images and whatnot, you of course will have your favourite places. And do you have much planning that goes into the sort of beaches and locations that you choose, or is it more of a felt thing? You kind of go where you you feel you you want to go. Well, I, for me, I I know I really like going back to places. Like my family laugh at me because if we ever go on holiday somewhere new, I'd spend the whole holiday. Well, it's not the whole holiday, but I do spend a lot of time saying, next time we come, we'll go here and we'll go back to there and all of this. And they say, we might not come back. And But I, I almost have to do that to enjoy being there because I hate the thought that I'll never be back. Um, and I find that it makes it makes it easier for me as a photographer that I know places really well. So I have explored every inch of the British coast that's within a day's trip of where I live um it's where I grew up anyway which helps and I've got I know every beach I know every location and I know what's going to suit which weather forecast and even more so because I'm a coastal photographer what's going to suit what what tide so if I do have a day set aside for photography doesn't matter what the weather forecast is I I can find a beach where I can do work and enjoy it, no matter what the forecast, it just might not be the same beach. So if the forecast is for sun and plain blue skies, well, I've got a project I'm working on that I want, I want good side light, good, I need sunlight uh, and I need it golden hour sunlight. So a clear blue sky is fine because I'm actually pointing down at details on the beach and I need sand. So if, I, if I've got the day in my diary set aside and when the day rolls around, the forecast is for plain blue skies, I might, you know, another photographer might, I don't know, say, well, actually, that's going to be a waste of time. I won't go. I'll do something else more valuable with that day. But I won't. I will still go because I just will choose to go to a beach I know is going to have sand and I'm going to work on that project. If the forecast shows that I'm going to have that it's windy and there's going to be rain, well, I've got another place to go where I know that the wind in that direction will interact with that beach in a particular way that will enable me to work on a different project. So for me, getting to know places really, really well is super, super important. And it allows me, I think, to work in any conditions, which also really helps with leading workshops, of course. Mm, yeah definitely there's definitely something to be said about knowing a location well and nearly every image I've taken that I would consider to be my favorites have all been taken in my local area and it's partly due to that you know knowing it well no having that connection to it but also just I guess feeling into it and just there's just this deep almost knowing when I go out with my camera that I I almost know I'm going to be able to connect with something. Whereas when I travel and go to other parts of the country, I don't have that same connection. And it's not just the feeling of knowing the place. It's also just this is almost foreign to me, even though it's only a few hours away and there's not that same connection for me. So I love that you have a lot of that connection um, locally, but you, of course, do go to other places as well. You know, you mentioned there, you know, going to Harrison and things. So. Again, are you quite, um, I guess, picky about where you go or, or are you quite open to exploring different parts of the coastline? I, I like to explore, absolutely. Um, but even with Harris, I then went back every year for seven years at the same time of year. 
and spent almost all of my time on um, those same beaches. And just, again, really love getting to know a place deeply. I like to think, uh, maybe it's fanciful, but I like to think that there's an authenticity that you can achieve with your work if you are um, if you've spent enough time in that place that you have an understanding of it. Um, I don't know if that's true. Maybe I'm just trying to cheer myself up with the thought that, that that's the case. But uh, for example, I, was, uh, I mentor a lot of people and I was talking, I was mentoring a client last week who was trying to choose between two projects, a project based um, on a location that he knows really well and go to regularly and another project based on work that he has got from a workshop he did in a, a different country and he undoubtedly has amazing photos from that country but there's an authenticity coming back to that word there's an authenticity to the work that he's producing in his local area a place that he is not only that he knows well but that he actually to which he actually belongs and that sense of belonging in a place is something I don't think you can achieve with one, two, even three visits. You, you've got to be, you've got to spend a lot of time somewhere before you can feel that. And I think there is, we can't always say where we see it within a photo, but I think we can often feel, if we're, if we're at all sensitive, we can feel the authenticity that comes from a photographer working in places that he or she is absolutely embedded mm, definitely and I've realized that in my work I've kind of been through this cycle since I began about 14 years ago now um you know I've tried so many different locations different places and when I go to places that I just don't feel a connection to but I think well this is an iconic spot and a lot of people say it's good for photography I just notice it doesn't reflect my work but when I'm in that place that really speaks to me like you mentioned there that place of belonging that place that I really feel connected to I just feel like my images just seem to be so much better more resonant with me and they relate to so many more people and I feel like I've got to a stage now in my work where I kind of know who I am what I actually enjoy photographing and I'm making such a conscious effort now to ensure that every time I go out I'm going to where I feel drawn to go that day where I feel a connection to it um, and that's what I love about you is that authenticity relating to the coast and just how much you love it and do you ever feel tempted to go off and photograph other locations or are you kind of you're you're very much like the coast is my my home um or yeah do you do you experiment with other places <laughs> that's a, that's a very timely question because um i'm very good friends with a woodland photographer called simon baxter yes i interviewed um, him last week actually oh, did you? so he's gonna okay. be in a few weeks yes excellent well he and i um we are we are good mates and we we message each other quite a lot on whatsapp and we were this morning we both um, worked in Antarctica earlier this year. We went to Antarctica as, as co-leaders on a, um, a workshop organized by someone else. Um, and we were both on WhatsApp. We've been messaging each other because we've both got photographs of mountains that we like, but we don't have any place for them in our work because he's a woodland photographer and I'm a seascape photographer. And I don't know if you can see behind you, I, I guess this isn't very useful for a podcast, but there's a black and white mountain just back behind me at the minute. I, I made some nice pictures there of black and white mountains that I, I'm pleased with. 
I haven't published them because I have no idea what to do with them because um, there are a lot of great mountain photographers out there and a lot of them work in black and white and maybe these pictures look a bit like theirs. Um, so I don't know, I haven't decided what to do with them or whether just to keep them for me. I'm starting to make handmade books just for me and um, I'm wondering maybe the, the solution is just to make a handmade book of those pictures and just might enjoy doing that and just keep it somewhere just for me. So yes, the short answer is yes, I do photograph away from the coast, but that's more, I guess that's more hobby, whereas the coastal stuff is also professional, if that makes sense. Yes, 100%. I think it can get quite difficult, can't it, when we almost, I don't want to say box ourselves into a genre because, you know, like I say, it's clear you love the coast, but in the future, you might get to a stage where you might suddenly have more interest in something like mountains and it can be hard to kind of come out of that, can't it? But as you rightly say there, it's nice to have that almost differentiation between the professional side of your work and the personal side of your work. And you'd mentioned earlier that you know, now you spend a lot of time running your business and things, you don't get out with your camera maybe as much as, as you'd maybe like to or, or as you used to. So how do you find juggling that? Because I think it's quite important as a creative person, isn't it, to ensure that you do still make time for that. So yeah, do, do you manage to make time for it regularly or is it quite a challenge? It's a big challenge. <laughs> I wish I could come across here as super confident and I've got it all fixed, but I haven't. It's a really big challenge, not least because I very rarely carry a camera when I'm teaching. So I, it's not like I can be making photos when I'm leading workshops. Um, I, I just, I'm not very good at that sort of multitasking. I'm not for a minute suggesting that others don't do it very well. I'm sure they do, but I, I know what I'm like when I'm making photos. I am very immersed in it. It's part of why I do it. That's what it, we've talked about that already. It's the experience of making photos and being in that bubble. Well, how am I going then to help clients if I'm in my bubble? I'm not. So I find I can't do both. So I have a very, very well-established, very busy, very successful workshops business. And that stops me from doing my own work. So I need to find a better balance. I have to. It's one of the things I'm working on at the moment because I know I've I've actually got the balance wrong at the minute. This year is a very fallow year for me for new work because I haven't got time for it. And so I need to improve that. And I suspect that's a balancing act that will continue until until I retire. Mm. <laughs> Whenever that is. <laughs> I think a lot of people struggle with that don't they they really struggle with it because it's like you don't want to say no to work and you want to you know keep you know clients and, and work coming in but equally it's like you say it's about getting that balance if we don't have that balance it can be quite difficult um I guess from a well-being perspective as well as a, a creative perspective just to yeah maintain that balance in life but um yeah you mentioned there about retiring but I think it's quite hard when you're a creative isn't it because you're always going to yeah. want to do photography your whole life <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm in my, in my fifties, and fifties are the new forties, right? So I'm not going to retire, <laughs> not any time soon, anyway. <laughs> 
yeah and I guess with some of what you do as well like you know even like with the gallery work and stuff I know it takes a lot out of you to to prepare you know for for gallery work and things but I guess you know as we get older if you're able to stay in that sort of genre you know once your gallery's up and running at least you're not out there doing loads of physical stuff you know there's ways I guess that you know with retirement age getting bigger and bigger and bigger that as creatives we can find work that's not as maybe physically or time consuming as as maybe other other professions for instance well that's that's a a good thought (laughs) I like to be the optimist (laughs) well I hope my I hope I hope my aged body will let me keep going to the coast and making photos for a while yet (laughs) yes and the thing is I guess when we're active as well it's easier as we get older to to remain active you know the more we're out there doing things just the easier it usually is for people so it's not only I think is being kind of nature outdoor photographers um you know really beneficial from a creative standpoint but the well-being benefits for everything I'm finding is just just amazing it's it's nice to to be able to do that so absolutely yeah Yeah. so I guess you you kind of see photography as a very kind of creative almost art form don't you rather than the more technicality side of photography so when you are out there creating your images what what is your process you know when you arrive on location do you take time to immerse yourself first I know you say you take like hundreds of images before you start taking the ones you like but do you take that time to just stand there and immerse yourself and look at what's going on and then do your images or yeah how, how is your process it varies actually with my mood frankly sometimes I'm bounding with energy and I might just go charging about all over the place um, and you know maybe just looking and working out what I'd like to do or maybe actually if it's you know if I already know just get going but equally there are days when I just well I I have done days where I, I just go to one spot and I see the whole tidal cycle through so I guess that's six hours right difference between low tide and high tide and I'll just hang out have a packet of sandwiches with me and you know a, a water bottle and just hang out and might make no photos at all so it, it's um yeah it, it does vary which is a pretty rubbish answer I guess but that's the truth um and but the one thing I I I do always do though even if it's a day where I'm full of energy and I'm making loads of photos I do always stop at some point um and just and just watch um for example even uh on a day when there's a big storm days where i've photographed sirens my waves with the faces you mentioned there have been moments in that where i've just stopped and i'm usually lying on the beach i just put the camera down and i just stare and it's incredible you know because uh particularly that's long lens long lens work you I love the way the long lens sucks you into the scene and it's I, I like long lens work better than any other actually but you do also risk missing some of what's going on because you are seeing just a tiny part of the scene so it, I love that sort of shock surprise you know you've been doing long lens and then you put it down and you just you're sort of your eyes almost kind of pan out and you just stop and then paying attention not just to what I'm seeing but engaging all the other senses in an almost deliberate way you know right what does this sound like what does it smell like what does it feel like you know I'm usually covered in spray you know (laughs) so I'm getting sort of a a facial (laughs) without paying for it um 
you know, all of those things. And, and it's sort of, well, trendy word now, mindfulness, but it is a, a form of mindfulness. I've done CBT. So it, technically, it strictly is mindfulness. It's that very conscious engaging with everything that your senses are bringing you from an experience. And some of those moments are as powerful for me in my memory as moments where I got pictures I love. So I think a healthy balance of the two. Now, I've, I've actually, I was talking to a friend earlier today telling her this story, so I'll make it really brief. Here's an example of the very opposite of what I like to be like. Now, I was leading a workshop in Iceland, which is my specialist country for ocean capture. And I'd taken my little group to a, uh, a little waterfall. So it's very quiet there because everyone's photographing the famous big waterfalls, right? This little waterfall is really beautiful and well worth our time. So I was there with my little group and we'd been there an hour and they were fully immersed and really engaging with this beautiful place and no one else was there. And then I, because I'm not making photos and no one needed me in that moment, I'm sort of stepping, standing back. You can see the whole scene. I saw this car pull up and it's sort of, you know, very efficient kind of car, you know, pulled up, stopped and out leapt this man and he got his camera bag out and his tripod and then he marched. It's about a hundred, a hundred yards to the waterfall past me. He marched in this really businesslike way. His face was kind of set and determined and he, he knew exactly what he wanted to do. He was super efficient, like my friend in Harris, put his tripod down, put the camera on the tripod, did his long exposure put it all away in the bag, put it on his back, marched back to the car, leapt in and drove off, presumably to the next location. Meanwhile, my clients are still pottering around, just really enjoying this beautiful place. And in that moment, I felt profoundly sorry for that man. Because, all right, he may have got the best photo of the day of that waterfall, he probably did. He clearly knew what he was doing. He was super efficient, etc. Maybe he went on and made loads more really great photos. And maybe he had a commission and he needed to do it and all of that. But he had absolutely missed out in the biggest way possible. He hadn't in any way experienced the atmosphere of that lovely little place. Everyone in my group, no matter what the photos they made, everyone in my group absolutely experienced that beautiful place that morning and their lives have been enriched by that and his has not and if there is one thing I could wish for for photographers generally nature photographers is that they could stop looking on nature as a resource to exploit for their photographs and start connecting with it and and enjoying it and appreciating it and feeling it and I just wish we we could have that, that all nature photographers could be like that. Mm. Oh, that warms my heart, Rachel. I love that you've just shared that because that is really my vision as well. You know, it's, it's this connection to nature that just, like you say, he could not experience that. And it's beautiful because I'm finding so many more people are opening up about this now and becoming more consciously aware of the importance of actually spending time in a location. You'd mentioned there using your senses to really connect to it. You know, if you use your senses, you listen to what you're hearing, what you're smelling, what you're tasting, 
what you're feeling, you can then bring that into an image. You know, my texture, if, I, if I'm photographing textures, it doesn't just come from a visual place. It comes often from what I can feel through them as well. And when you're photographing the sea, as you know, you'll experience it's about often about the, the sound as well, the sound of the waves. You're trying to bring that into your imagery. And as you rightly say, if you just march out your car, take one image and leave again, you're you're missing that and you're missing all the other opportunities. And yeah, that experience is, is such a beautiful thing. And yeah, I'm just so grateful that you shared that story there because I think there's a lot of people listening to this podcast specifically that will really resonate with that. Excellent. Well, it's my pleasure. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. No, it really is because I think it's just, it really is part of the process. And I just, I just love it, it that, that you've, you've said that. It's really, really great. Um, and yeah, I love that your workshops as well allow you to, your clients to take that step back and spend that time in locations. Because, you know, there's obviously, as we've mentioned, every different type of photographer out there, some very methodical ones some very creative ones. And it's good to, to connect, I think, with another photographer who does that more creative stuff rather than going to like these bucket list locations and just getting your photograph and leaving again. Um, and how do you feel? I think the last question here is how do you feel when you're working with clients, like being able to facilitate that experience for them? You know, you want them to have a good time. You want them to enjoy the location. You want them to, I guess, almost feel the things that you feel when when you're out there. But of course, create their own visual representation of it. How do you facilitate that to ensure that they they experience that connection and get that enjoyment out of it as well as come home with the images that they're maybe hoping to, to create? Well, I, I tell them that they're going to do it. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I, I, at the start of the workshop, if they don't already know me, most of my clients have been with me for a long time. They're a very loyal bunch. Um, but if they're new clients, I think it's I make it pretty clear in the most obvious way I can by literally saying, you know, we're, we're here to experience these places, not just to extract photographs from them. And... Um, you know, I do, I do occasionally get, I obviously do get new clients. I look forward to new clients because they may become lovely clients who I see and, you know, a lot in the future. But I do sometimes get clients. I had one last year who had been bought um, the day workshop by his son as a present. And um, he came and clearly all he wanted was the locations. So, you know, he wanted me to show him locations where he could make photos. And he just would have, if he could have controlled the day, we would have spent the day charging about and crammed in as many locations as possible. Um, I won't see him again. And that's okay with me. The other three clients wanted to immerse themselves in these beautiful, beautiful, in the beautiful coast and were very happy with two locations in a day. And... I will see them again and that's okay. I'm very lucky in that my um, workshops always sell out super fast and I don't, you know, it's been, a, the business has been, that's not me boasting, the business has been going for a long time and you eventually you accumulate enough clients that that happens. Um, and those clients are coming back again and again because they agree with me and this approach. And so it's actually, it's okay. Um, I, I don't worry that someone's going to dislike me because they think this is all airy-fairy and silly. That's okay. There are plenty of photographers out there providing the right content for them and they shouldn't waste their money on me. 
they should go to those other workshops. Um, if the clients would like to make great photos, but more importantly, have an amazing experience in nature, then they can come to me and I will deliver. Mm. It comes back to that word authenticity, doesn't it? Being yeah. authentic to yourself, running your workshops as, as you feel is, you know, the correct way to do it. And you will attract the most of the time the right clients to, to do that. So, And yeah. if you don't, if you don't, well, they vote with their feet and mm. that's fine. That's absolutely yes. fine. And people can sense it, can't they, when you're trying to be or produce or create or give a service that, that's not authentic to you. Most people can feel that. And as, as you say, they will they will just walk away because they're like, this just isn't doesn't feel right. So, yeah, yeah. Absolutely right. Brilliant, Rachel. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And for anybody listening that isn't aware of, of you and your work or would like to connect with you further, where can they, they go to, to find you? Well, my name is ever so easy because there's no one else on the planet with it, apparently. So, <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah, uh, Rachel has two A's um, and then Talibart is just as it sounds, T-A-L-I-B-A-R-T. So they, if they just put in that, they'll find me um, and my workshops business, if I'm allowed to mention that. Am I allowed of course. To that? Yes. OK, thank you. Is F11, the aperture F11 workshops brilliant thank you so much and i believe we will be meeting in person in the scottish highlands in october at the creative light festival so i really look forward to that oh me too i can't wait it'll be lovely actually to to have met you beforehand in this way and then to actually meet you in person it'll be fantastic yes and last year's festival was great so i'm really looking forward to this year's as well so yeah brilliant well, thank uh, yeah. you again <laughs> thank you so much kim you're very welcome thank you now that this podcast has come to an end, there's only one thing left for you to do. It's time to pick up your camera and head outdoors. There's so many incredible photographic opportunities just waiting for you to discover.